You're listening to a podcast from Every Nation Canberra. In this message, Pastor Joe Sulit uses Isaiah 57 verse 15 to talk about the awesomeness and greatness of our God. Good morning. If it's your first time here, welcome to Every Nation Christian Church, Canberra. Say hello to the people you've seen just now. Hello. Welcome to church. Thank you for coming over. I'm excited because this year we are going to start it with what every nation does all around the world with a week of prayer and fasting. And I'd like you to listen to Pastor Steve Merrill, the founder of Every Nation Churches, for a short message. As we look back on this tumultuous year, we are truly grateful for His grace that has been with us in every situation. While we have no idea what 2021 has in store for us, we know how we will start the year with a week of prayer, fasting, and consecration. I'm pleased to announce that our 2021 theme is Awesome God. Starting with our week of prayer and consecration and continuing through the whole year, we want to focus on the greatness and the goodness of God. I want you to join us January 11 through 15, 2021, as we consecrate ourselves and seek God and know more about our awesome God. So our theme for this year is Awesome God. We are a global family of churches, as you've seen, and we are starting every year with a week of prayer, fasting, and consecration. Well, to consecrate yourself essentially means to wholly dedicate yourself to the greatest purpose. So we start with this year with an earnest prayer uh, to desire to seek more of God and to dedicate ourselves to His will and to His purpose for our lives. So our theme for this year and for this entire week of prayer and fasting is God is good and God is great. The first three days of the prayer and fasting is about God's greatness. On day one, it's about God's transcendence. Day two, on Tuesday, we will meditate on God's unchanging nature. On Wednesday, it's God's sovereignty. The second half of the devotionals point out to the goodness of God. On Thursday, we'll study why God is just, and we end our five-day fast with God's patience towards us. And we will break the fast on Saturday as we focus on the kindness of God. For you to be able to participate in this, two ways. You can either download the U version. Most of you have that already. It's a Bible app. You can download it, or you can also download the Every Nation app. Just go to a Google store or the App Store and just type Every Nation, and you will see that logo there. Just click on it and download it, and you will have your uh, week week-long prayer and fasting guide on your phone, right? Once you have, uh, for you version, once you have downloaded the app, just type Awesome God in the search field and click on the second item on the list, Awesome God, Every Nation Prayer and Fasting, and it will load the plan, which will look like this. So this is a seven-day plan starting tomorrow, actually, and the official fast will start on Monday. And the whole week of prayer and fasting, this will be your guide. And if you download the Every Nation app, which I prefer you would, 
uh, you'll have the same thing, but you will have devotional videos at the start. So it's a much better app if you want to download it. We also have the PDF versions of the booklets. If you want, we can send them to you through email. But my prayer is that we would consecrate ourselves and devote ourselves at least for the next five days to prayer and fasting. This is how a typical five-day fast would look like. This is the plan for a five-day fast. You could either do a water-only fast where you only drink water the whole day or liquid-only juices and soup, or you can choose to have one meal a day, all right? You don't have to do the same fast uh, every day. You can change it as the week progresses, depending on your schedule. You can see at the bottom, you can fast from watching Netflix or doing social media or anything that you uh, love doing. Now, before you start the fast, I want you to understand, make sure that you know why you are fasting. And you are not just fasting because we as a church are fasting, because everyone else is doing it. We should start by setting our hearts right before God. So the first thing that you do before you fast, you just don't fast because we are fasting as a church. Number one is to pray and confess your sins to God, right? A necessary step before fasting, according to Psalm 35, is to humble ourselves before God and confess our sins. It is not the food that sustains us. It is the prayer that sustains us during the fasting period. It begins with a heart that is repentant and sorrowful for all its sins and humility, of course. Number two, during the fasting week, turn away from anything or anyone that will distract you and turn to Scripture. Instead of having lunch, just have a glass of water or a glass of juice and spend additional time meditating on the Word of God, reading the Bible and praying to God. Number three, keep it a secret. It is unbiblical and even spiritually harmful when we do fasting to show off our spirituality. You don't tell people you're fasting you only tell them you're not eating when necessary. Fasting should not be done when imposed for false motives. And lastly, prepare your body. Fasting for several days or even several weeks, as some others do, can have unexpected. You'd be irritable, you'd, be, you'd feel dizzy, and even detrimental to your health sometimes. There is no scriptural warrant if you get sick because you fast. So before you start a fasting regimen, make sure you consult with your doctor how you can do a healthy fast. If you cannot fast on food, then fast on something else. All right? So please download the app. It's the version on your phone or the Every Nation app on App Store or Google Play. All right? I hope you can join us as we welcome this new year by acknowledging our awesome God and giving Him all the glory and the praise that he deserves. Our reading today is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 57, verse 15. Before we start, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word today. May the truth of your word be rightfully handled, and may you open our hearts to receive it with gladness, understanding, and a deep desire to live our lives 
according to your will and your purpose. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Psalm 57, 15. For thus says the high and lofty one, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite one. How can we comprehend God? He's so great and he's so powerful that it is beyond the understanding of our human mind to grasp the true meaning of God's existence. Isaiah describes the Lord as being the high one. The Lord God is the lofty one or the one who is lifted up. He is so far above us that there is no point of comparison. There will never be a point of comparison. We are limited by time and space. God isn't. You cannot understand how God can be present in the past and at the same time present today and at the same time present in the future. The Bible says He inhabits eternity. Our words will fail just trying to explain God inhabiting eternity. But the absence of words to describe God inhabiting eternity doesn't mean and doesn't deny the existence of eternity, but rather points out to the greatness of God. Now, what is amazing about this eternity is the invitation that God is sending each and every one of us. It says, God is dwelling in the high and holy place. And look at this verse. With Him who has a contrite and humble spirit. God's desire is for us to be part of His family. He wants us to spend eternity with Him. He wants to dwell with us in heaven for eternity. But there is a great deception. Satan wants us to believe that there is no eternity. A lot of us are living just for the now, the here, and the now. And that is why many of us are caught up with the worries of the world. Many of us are trying to conform with what the world demands from us. As a result, we seek less of the things of God and more of the vanities of this world. It is sad because many people, they die unprepared for the reality of an eternal existence outside the presence of God, in unsufferable horror. Whether you like it or not, whether you believe in Jesus or not, eternity is real. Life is short. And when we die, we will go to a place that is called eternity. And it's either a place where you will be in the presence of God or in the total absence of God. This verse describes two profound attributes of God. And I want you to remember these two words. 
God's transcendence and God's immanence. Transcendence means that God's greatness is beyond our understanding, beyond our comprehension. He is the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity. God in his royal dignity and authority exercises both his authority and control over creation. I just met with a, with a friend who started doing uh, photography of stars in the Milky Way. He's just new, and he showed me pictures of the Milky Way taken over in Horse Park Drive, one taken in his backyard. You can just see the magnificence, billions of stars in the sky. We cannot comprehend the greatness of who God is. Now, God's immanence, you know, by virtue of his control and his authority over, over all creation, God is always present in everything that he created, especially his people, in a very personal and intimate way. Immanence describes God's nearness to us. It is a contradiction. God is transcendent. He's so far beyond our reach because of his greatness, yet he is so near to us. God is both transcendent and God is both immanent. The greatness of the Almighty God sends us to our knees in humility, but his goodness brings us back to our feet with joyful hope. In Philippians, it says, the one who is above everything, Jesus, humbled himself and became one of us. And we, who were once far off from God, have been brought near because of Jesus. He is Emmanuel, meaning God is with us. And that's where the word immament came from. 2020 has been an exciting year for all of us. It has been called the year of the lockdown. It is the year that this generation will never, ever forget. We all have our stories to tell about how this tumultuous year has affected our lives. But as we look back at our own little storyboards and see how this year has affected the lives of thousands and millions of people, how thousands of lives have been lost, can we still declare, I want to ask you this, and you probably have friends who have lost loved ones, you probably have friends who have died or family members who have died. In spite of all of that, can we still say that God is good? The answer is yes. And as a church family, we are declaring this over our church and over our individual lives. Now, what does it really mean that God is good? When things are going well in your life, you got a new job, a promotion, or a great blessing, it's easy to declare, ah, oh, God is good. Kaling talaga ni Lord. But sometimes, somewhere along the way, something in our life changes. We lose our job. We get into a financial difficulty. The doctor discovered something not right with our body. Someone close to us dies. Whether we like it or not, there will be real-life situations that will make us think hard about what the goodness of God 
really means. God is good. We say it often. It's a phrase that we just, you know, throw around without thinking too much of its real-life application. It can be used to describe a good day. God is good. It's a beautiful day today or a special blessing. Or we say God is good to someone we are trying to console because we cannot, there's nothing else that we could say. But remember, there is a big difference between throwing around the phrase God is good and actually believing that God is good. If we're really honest about ourselves, really honest about ourselves, sometimes those three little words, they're hard to believe. When your life is falling apart, when someone you love is sick, when you get a hard diagnosis, when a loved one dies, when God seems so far, far, far away from you, there will be days of doubt, even for strong Christians. There will be days when it's difficult to believe that God can really make a miracle happen in your life or God can get you through this difficult situation in your life. There will be days of doubt. There will be days that you don't feel that God is good. It's so hard to feel that He is good. Because no matter how you look at your life, no matter how you look at your relationships and many other things, it seems that everything is just going wrong. But there's a difference between feeling and believing. In the middle of the night when your child is sick, or when you look at your bank account and there's not enough money to pay for the bills or the rent, it may be difficult to recall how God is good. In these moments, it is in these moments that we have to reach within to what we know and not what we feel. God's goodness is not based on what you're feeling right now. God's goodness is not based on a piece of paper that tells you you're sick. God's goodness is not based on your circumstances. God's goodness is not based on how much money or how much less money you have in the bank. God's goodness is not based on a certain outcome that we expect of Him. When life is hard, God is good. And even if at times when it seems like God is not, He is still good. Even if we are struggling with this thought that God is good, the thing that we can't walk away from is what the Bible says. The Bible doesn't just say that God does good things. The Bible says God is good. It is who He is. God never changes. God is good even when life is not good. God is good. It's who He is. God holds us in His loving arms. He doesn't change. Even if your friends have given up on you, even if your family has given up on you, God never gives up on you. Even if they've left you all by yourself, God is there with you. And no matter what, even if you give up on Him, God never gives up on you. Even when life is not good, 
God is good. Even if you are suffering, God is good. Even if you are in pain, God is good. Now, how do we know this? It's easy to believe me when I say God is good because that's what the Bible says. But how do we know that God is good? I just want you to look at the life of one person, Jesus. Jesus was born in a little barn. King Herod sought to kill every baby, including him. He was brought into the desert for 40 days without food and water to be tempted before he started his ministry. He wasn't accepted in the very town he was born. He was praised one day by the same people who said, crucify him on the cross. He was betrayed by his friend, Judas. And his disciples left him on the night that he needed them the most. He was crucified for a crime that he did not commit. Jesus died the death he didn't deserve for people who did not even love him. And yet, in it and through it all, God was good to Jesus. If you follow Jesus, everything that will happen to your life will have a purpose. It will have a point. It will have an eternal significance. The cross that Jesus carried helped him to redeem a sinful world. The same is true for us. Our days will not always be sunny. You know that. Not even for me. We will have bad days. We will have days where it's cloudy and stormy. And sometimes days when it would even rain and storm. But in the end, if we faithfully walk the road with Jesus, we know that just like him, we will have victory in the end. Remember, there is a greater purpose for all that you are going through right now. Even if you don't understand it, God is good. In the end, there will be victory, there will be joy, and God's name will be magnified in glory. We all have our burdens to carry, each and every one of us in this room. We all have days when the sun wouldn't shine on our faces. I don't know what you're going through right now, but regardless of how you feel, we can all make this declaration today that God is good. And we can walk in peace, knowing that whatever it is that we're going through, this is not the end. There is light at the end of the tunnel. That God is making it work for our best, even if you don't see it the way he does. God is always good, even when life is not. Before I end, I would like to share a testimony of a woman named Lori. She is actually a motivational speaker from the States, and she shared her last moments with her mom. She said, Romans 8.28 was the verse my mom quoted to me the night before her brain surgery. Her faith blew me away. And after she was diagnosed with brain cancer and we knew it was terminal, my mom's faith did not waver 
even for a moment. When she spoke Romans 8.28 over our family, she was speaking prophecy. So many good things have happened since my mom was diagnosed. And even though our hearts are broken because we lost her in January, we still see proof of God's goodness every single day. And she said, yes, God is good all the time. Sometimes we just have to look past our hurts and worries to see His goodness. Romans 8.28 And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose. Whatever it is that you're going through today, I pray that you will always remember God is good. There is no in-between. God is always good. He is always working for our good. And my prayer is that we will not just say that God is good, but we will believe, regardless of what we're going through right now, that He is truly good. That He has a plan and a purpose for everything that He allows each and every one of us to experience. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, we thank You for this day. We thank You for You, our good. As we carry our burden, the pain, the doubts, and the worries on our shoulder. Lord, we come to you in all humility. We pray that you would open our eyes to who you are in our lives, that regardless of the storm that we face, you will never leave nor forsake us, for you are a good God. And you will always be good. Help us to see that in the situation that we are in right now. Even if we do not understand it, help us to declare in our lives, in our sickness, in our sorrow, in our pain, in the endless nights that we are crying, that you are good and you will always be faithful. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. This we pray in the name of your Son, Jesus. And everyone say amen and amen. You just heard a message from Every Nation Canberra. For more podcasts and for more information on Every Nation Canberra, please visit everynationcanberra.org. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash everynationcanberra and on Instagram at instagram.com slash encanberra. We meet every second and fourth Sunday at 104 The Valley Avenue, Gungalin. Would you like to be connected to a tag group? Email us at everynationcanberra at gmail.com.